blessed to be here with you guys this morning. And um, we're going to be, uh, I was praying about, you know, just what to share, you know, especially just considering everything that is going on. And um, uh, I was, this, the Lord put a theme on my heart and then I was, then I'm all over the scriptures looking at, you know, where, 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 where it speaks about it. But I, I wrote down, the first thing I wrote down praying about this day was standing in the midst of adversity. And so um, I believe that, you know, what we're, what the whole world is going through right now, uh, would you guys agree there's some adversity? This haven't been a fun, 2020 have been something else, amen? Um, and now here's the thing though, right? Because the world's experience and the, the, the believer's experience, we may experience the same things, but there, there should be a difference in, in the life of the believer. We, we, may be, we may go through the same stuff the world is going through, but it, it ought to wear on a man of God in a different way. And so uh, I was looking at, scenarios in scripture and people in the word who who went through stuff and paul for you guys that you know know me paul is probably my favorite next to jesus he's my favorite guy in scripture you know that i mean he stirs me up he encourages me i love his passion to me paul was you know he was like a gangster for god you know he just he he went to the wheels fell off paul was like man if you kill me i'm still coming you know i, I love that he went into one city they stoned him to death God raised him up and he went back and finished preaching that message, you know. Um, but what the Lord put on my heart for us this morning, we're going to look at Job. Uh, and as I'm looking at what we're dealing with this pandemic, Job had his own personal pandemic. Um, and so uh, we're going to learn about this morning standing in the midst of adversity. And uh, I just will say this verse up front. You can write it in your notes. Proverbs 24:10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small, right? So this, this is the hour for men of God. This is an hour like no other hour for us to, to stand strong, to represent the Lord, to represent what he says um, in a time like this. So let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump into the book of Job. Father, we thank you for uh, just for who you are. God, thank you for uh, Calvary Chapel South Bay and uh, Lord, just setting this up, continuing to go forth, Lord, making sure that we are, we're ministering God's truth and God's heart to God's people. And so, Lord, I pray for the men that are gathered here, those that will hear this later, that, God, you'd speak to us this morning. Speak to us, God, about how we can stand in the midst of adversity, God. And I pray you speak to hearts this morning uh, that if there are guys here that are discouraged or beat down by all of this, God, I pray that the, the message this morning would build us up will cause us to set our eyes on you again. God, I pray it would, it would put hope in our hearts for the future, that we wouldn't sound like those who don't have hope. We wouldn't sound like those who don't know the truth. God, I pray that you would speak to us as only you can. God, we give you our undivided attention. We pray you'd have your way this morning. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. All right, so when I, when I was beginning this, I, I want to start in the beginning. I'm going to just take you through... Uh, uh, some sections of Job's life. And to me, Job's a great example of a man of God. Uh, first thing, first thing we learn about Job is in Job chapter one, verse one, look at it with me. Job chapter one, verse one, it says, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, feared God and shunned evil. Now, this is the Holy Spirit's commentary on Job. And so if God says that you're blameless, upright, fear God, and shun evil, 
uh, it's true. If you say that about yourself, it's probably not true, right? But if God says that this brother is blameless, upright, fears God, shuns evil, this is a solid man of God. Blameless. That means that he, this dude's not living crooked. There's nothing that can be, there's no accusation that you can bring against him that would stick. Upright. He's walking in an upright way. He's living right before the Lord. Um, so he's upright, blameless, says he fears God. He's got a right attitude toward, toward God, just a right fear, right reverence for the Lord, and he shuns evil. He just, eh, he's not walking in the direction of sin. He's going the other way. Solid man of God. Then it goes on to tell us that this dude was rich. I'm, I paraphrase. Um, verse 2 says he had seven sons and three daughters. That's 10 kids. So Job and Miss Job was, was happy. So he had a happy marriage, right? You don't get 10 kids in a bad marriage. You know, I, I don't think you do. <laughs> so he got 10 kids. He got a happy marriage. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in the happy marriage, you know. Um, and then, then he was rich. He was, he was wealthy. All his possessions, verse 3 says, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all the people in the east. In this culture, you measure your wealth by the, the cattle. And so if you wanted to show, you know, that you was balling, you would take them out and show them the donkeys and the camels and the oxen. Job was the wealthiest man. He was, he was a wealthiest man in the land at this time. So then there's, then there's this encounter, this interaction that happens in the unseen realm, right? So Job is, I, I would imagine for Job, life is going on. Maybe, maybe this was 2019 for you. Maybe everything was going along just fine. Marriage was good. Ministering to the kids was good. Everything, maybe everything was going on just fine in 2019 for you. Um, it's all getting ready to change for Job. But I just want, I, I want us to see how drastic a change it is, right? At this point, everything seems to be humming along. He's got a great relationship with the Lord. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting a good relationship with his wife. He's got 10 kids that he loves, and he's rich. I mean, what more do you want? What more can you ask for in his life at this point in time? But then in the unseen realm, Satan and God have a discussion. Satan shows up uh, in, the, in, the, in the heavenly realm, and God asks Satan, right? Look at chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. What is he walking back and forth on the earth doing? 1 Peter 5a says, uh, says, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan ain't going back and forth on the earth just to, just to look at stuff. He's out here tearing up lives and destroying people, uh, looking for weak sheep, looking for distant believers. And so he's just going back and forth on the earth. And then look at what God says, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on all the earth? a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Imagine that, that of all the people on the earth, God is like, Job is my guy. God is bragging on Job, right? Anybody ever bragged on somebody like, hey man, this, this person right here, right? This is God saying, bro, you, you don't want, have you, I know you're going back and forth looking for weak people. Have you checked out my guy, Job, huh? Have you checked him out? And that word, when, when it says, have you considered, that word means study for war. Have you studied? Have you checked out? Have you investigated? Have you looked into my servant Job? I like this, that God's claiming Job. God says, that's my guy. Job's my servant. And he asked Satan, have you considered him? 
And we already knew he was upright, blameless, fear God and shun evil. But God adds a couple things. God said that there is none like him on the earth. That's that's can there be a higher compliment than that? God would say that there's none like this guy that that ministers to me. That encourages me. I, I want I want God that now I don't I, I would like to be a guy God could brag on. I, I don't know that I want this thing. I don't I don't you know, just don't brag on me to the devil. You know what I'm saying? Just just be proud of me privately, God. You know what I'm saying? I take I take the lower level. But um, but but, you know, he's, he's he's telling Satan, man, I don't got anybody else like him. I'm so confident in this guy. I'm, I'm bringing him up to the devil. I'm saying, have you considered him? And Satan must have considered him or looked at him before because Satan answered the Lord and said, did Job fear you for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him around his household and around all that he has on every side? How the devil know that? He must have looked at Job and said, I can't get through. This brother's hedged in on every side. Him, his family, and his possessions on every side, they're protected. I can't get through. We need to remember that about the devil, right? That Satan doesn't have free reign in the life of the man of God, right? He can't just do whatever he wants to do. God's got to let, God's got to give him passage. He, he has to get permission from your dad to get involved in your life. Y'all know that? Either you can open the door to the devil, but if you live in right before the Lord, Satan can't just get in. And so when you're walking upright with the Lord, should some adversity fall you, you, can, you don't have to look at the devil. You say, Lord, you've allowed this in my life. And if you've allowed it, right, then, then there's a purpose for it. There's a purpose for the adversity. And if you've allowed it, I know that there'll be strength for me to carry through, right? God's never set you up to fail. Y'all know that? God's never putting on you or me more than we can handle with his help. I love 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that says, no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God says, I set the parameters. I know how much you can handle. I know what's too much and what's not enough. I, I, I will not let the enemy, I, I won't let it go so far that you just crack under pressure. So if you've ever been extremely tempted, felt extremely tested, you gotta always tell yourself, but I know that if God's allowing this level of test, that with God's help, I can, I, can, I can survive this level of test. I can overcome because God sets the limits, All right? When I look at Job's trial, I say, I don't think I can handle Job's trial. And God's probably like, that's why you haven't happened, had Job's trial. You ever seen something happen to somebody else and think, man, I don't know if I can handle that. Maybe you couldn't have. And that's why it didn't happen to you, right? Um, God knows each one of us what, what, what we can and can't handle. And so God sets the parameters. He sets the limits. But all this inter interaction is happening. Job is not privy to this. Job does. We're reading the book, so we know. Job doesn't know God is talking to the devil. Job don't know that God is up there tooting Job's horn. That God is up there talking big smack to the devil like, man, my boy Job will tear you up. He'll make you look bad. And so they, they, it, they it's not a bet, but it's kind of like a bet. Satan is going to tell God, look, he says in verse 11, Satan says this to God. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Satan says, God, Job only loves you because you blessed him. That's, that's it. It's, it he, it, who wouldn't love you for making him rich and giving him all the stuff you gave him? But, but let, re, let, let's touch all his stuff, and he will curse you to your face. This is what you got to know. Everything that we see happen after this, everything Satan does to Job, 
Satan's intention is that Job would curse God, that he would turn his back on the Lord. Satan is everything he does is to turn God away from, I'm sorry, is to turn Job away from God. Question you could ask yourself today, in the adversity that you're enduring and going through right now, what's Satan tempting you to do and what you're going through? What's your flesh feel tempted to do in the midst of a time like this? Some guys, because everything is going wrong, some guys, this becomes their, their excuse to, to go back into stuff. Feel tempted. That, that might be exactly what Satan wanted. He, he's, only, he's only serving you. He's only faithful because he has, he has everything he wants right now. But remove a job. Remove his comfort. Remove his convenience. And he'll go back to doing whatever. He's not really faithful. Right? What are you being tempted to do in the midst of this pandemic? Are you kicking up your feet? Are you settling in? Are you, are you getting into some patterns that are unhealthy for your walk with the Lord? What's Satan tempting you to do because you want to be wise to that, right? He, Satan had a clear agenda here, and so we need to be aware. We're, 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 we're fighting the same enemy. Your enemy, as much as we might feel like it's the government, because I don't like them right now either, and I don't like the rules, and I don't like the regulations, and, and if I wasn't saved, they could get these hands, you know. But, but that's a whole other thing. As a believer, right, I understand that my, I'm not fighting with flesh and blood. Principalities and power. Rulers and wickedness in heavenly places. I'm in a spiritual battle with spiritual entities. I cannot punch my adversaries. My adversaries are, are in the unseen realm. And so I'm aware of that, right? So with all the things that are going on, what's Satan tempting us to do? Everybody needs to be real honest. What are you tempted to do? Have you given in to some things? Have you fallen? Have you, have you, have you fallen? Are you doing worse with the Lord than, than you were before all this started? Because if so, today would be a day. Come back. Don't, don't, don't get stuck out there. I just talked to a pastor friend of mine um, and, and, and in his fellowship, one of, the, one of the brothers that had been serving in the maintenance, had been doing well, came from a background, but was doing well with the Lord for some years, uh, fell back. Looks like maybe two times uh, got high, OD, died. Now he's preparing his funeral. Wife and four kids, right? And I, I, would, I would imagine the enemy's like, I got him, right? Brother in the Lord, you know, with, with this weakness, somehow gave way to it a couple times. Boom. It's devastating. And now the devastation, now what are these kids going to do? And what's this wife going to do? Um, you know, just, I mean, we know that that's the enemy. He comes to steal, to kill, destroy. He's not your friend. And, and there's a lot at stake, fellas. There's a lot at stake. There's a, there's a reason why, for me, when the enemy comes after me, he don't just want me. I got a wife. I got four kids. I got 20 years of ministry where, where I poured into people's lives. My, my example matters. He's not just coming for me. He's coming for me. He's coming for my testimony. He's coming for, for everything I stand for. He, all of it. If he, if he could ruin it all, he'd ruin it all if I'd let him. And so I need to cling to Jesus. I need to tap in every day. Pastor Rob was saying, man, every day you need to be in the word. Every day. You, you, need, to, you need to take in from the book and let the Lord build you up and strengthen you because you're not strong enough by yourself for this. Amen? Amen. None of us is sufficient in and of ourselves for this walk that God is calling us to. We need to tap in every day to his power and his strength. When we are weak, he is what? Strong. Amen. And so we want to we wanna live like that. God, I'm like acknowledge right up front, I'm weak. Uh, but you're strong in my weakness, and I tap into that every day. I need it, and I gotta, we got to be convinced of that. So, so back to Job here. Satan said, look, he only loves you because you bless him. Just reach out your hand and touch everything he has. He'll curse you to your face. And so 
God gives Job permission, um, but he sets parameters on Satan. The Lord said in verse 12 to Satan, behold, all that he has in your power, only do not lay a hand on his person. God says, Satan, you can touch everything he has, but you can't touch him. And Job is going to endure to me with, it looks like his own personal pandemic, what, what Satan is getting ready to do to him. But we learn some things about the strategies and the tactics of the devil. Satan tries to overwhelm you, tries to overcome you. He's, he, he's, 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 he's wicked in what he will do. And so um, it says now in verse, um, I guess one last thing about Job. Um, I didn't mention it earlier, but it, it says earlier that, uh, you know, when his sons and daughters would come together, that Job would regularly go and he would offer sacrifices for them and intercede for them just in case they had sinned against God in some way. Um, Job was the priest of his home. Job was concerned about the well-being of his kids and their spiritual lives. And he was taking that into, um, that, that mattered to him. So you see that there was a, Job had a deep concern for his kids and so it's not a surprise that that's something that Satan goes after. And so now Satan has been released to go after Job, just can't touch Job. And so it says now in verse 13, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their older brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the donkeys are feeding beside them, and the Sabians raided and took them away. Indeed, they have killed all your servants with the, with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. We're going to see this trend. Satan, Satan goes and destroys all of Job's, you know, wild, you know, his livestock. And he lets one person, all the servants get killed too. And he lets one person be alive to come bring the bad news. Um, Satan, is make, I'm a, Satan will make sure you get the bad news. I just want to say this. This is for free. Some of y'all need to turn the TV and the radio off. What I'm witnessing today is those that are most fearful on un, an unhealthy way are those that are spending too much time letting somebody who don't know God inform you about what to do with your life. We got to turn that thing off and turn on some K-Wave and turn on some sermons and turn on some worship music and get your eyes on the Lord and remember who's really in charge of everything. And so it, it, it troubles me when I'm listening to believers and I'm like, because you know the Bible says that whatever you sow, you reap. And so you let a dude start talking. It's like, bro, out of the overflow of your mouth, I hear that news channel. I don't want to hear that. Turn that off. Shut that up. Um, so for some of y'all, you know, that y'all need to turn it off, right? They, there's no new news. Here's the one thing I know about the news. How many of y'all know the news lies? Raise your hand. Raise them. Raise them up. All right. They lie. When, when, and here's the thing. When they lie, they don't come back and say sorry. They just report new news, right? So yesterday they said, you know, this thing will kill you. Today they say, you know what, we found, new research has found that the thing we said to kill you last week and might make you live a week or two longer this week. So last week I was dying, this week I'm living, what do I do? Turn you off. You can shut up, right? You, you don't have a right to speak into my life. That won't happen with the Bible, right? You pick up your Bible and read it every day. It was true when your grandma's grandma read it 200 years ago. And it's true when you read it this morning. Amen? Amen? Turn that mess off. Pick up the word of God and let that be what's speaking into your heart. And sowing in the, you, that's what you're sowing into your spirit. And so Satan sent the raiders. They, they, they took his livestock. They, they, they killed his servants with the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 16 says, while he was still speaking. So 
This is where I said Satan likes to overwhelm people. While Job is hearing the bad news in, in, in this ear, while the guy was still speaking the end of the bad news, the next guy comes up with some new bad news. And so now in verse 16, while he was still speaking, another one came also to the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, Another one also came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands and raided the camels and took them away and yes, killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 18, while he was still speaking, another one came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house and suddenly a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they are all dead and I alone have escaped to tell you. Everybody just soak that in for a minute. One after the other after the other. It'd be like this. Let's say you were, because for some of us, I'm not wealthy. So someone came and said, all your stuff was gone. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> you know, like, dang, that's, that's messed up. But we, I'm pretty sure we can, restart. I got, we, we can restart. You know what I'm saying? But if you're wealthy, right, if you're rich, and you got to be imagined that you're a, a, a millionaire, and someone comes and says, hey, everything you had in that stock is over. And all oh, the other stock that the rest of your meal, this gone. And the last thing you had, last three investments, the house, they burned down. And, and then if, if you didn't love the stuff, all your kids had gathered together for a party and the house fell in, all your kids died. Bang, bang, bang. If nothing else mattered, the kids, that would, that, that would, that would have broke me. One kid dead would break up, man. Amen? One, one child died. Ten? All 10 on the same day? That's, that's an unbearable grief. This tells me that Satan is wicked and relentless. Why does Satan do this to Job? What did he want Job to do? I want Job to get mad at God. That's what Satan wants. I want you to curse God to his face. You've loved him all these years. Well, now I want you to curse God. This is, I preach this everywhere I preach. If, my, if you go to my church, we, we say, I tell them this all the time. Do not ever fall into the trick and trap of getting mad at God. You will never, I heard pastors say, you know, sometimes you have a right to get mad. You never have a right to be mad at God. Let me tell you why. Because you're a sinner. Amen? You deserve, you earned a spot in hell, but God loved you. Since his only begotten son died on the cross for your sins in your place and made forgiveness and eternal life available to you. He doesn't owe you anything. He's given you everything, right? And so if nothing goes right in this life, if your kids die, your wife leaves, you lose your job, you get a sickness, none of that, you still can go to heaven because of what Jesus did for you, amen? You got no space to be mad at God. And if you, if you fall into the trap or trick of the devil of being mad at God, here's the thing, you're mad at the only one that can help you in your time of need. Right. You, Job needs supernatural comfort. You, there ain't no natural comfort to help a man that just lost all his possessions and all his kids. You need supernatural help. God is the only one that could comfort that kind of hurt. So if Job would have turned on God, he would have nothing. What do you do? You go, now you got to get drunk and get high. You got to kill yourself. You got to do something. There'll be no help for this man apart from God. Don't ever fall into that trap. And again, I've heard people give, I've, I've heard a, a, all the different reasons I'm mad at God because of this. I mean, he took my husband, he took my this, he took, a, no reason, no valid reason to be mad at God ever. 
Uh, and I, 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 I stand on that with everything I got. There'll never be a right reason for you to be mad at God. God has a reason to be mad at us and he didn't do it. Amen. Um, so, so you ain't got no right. I don't have any right, no matter what's happened in my life, to be mad at God. But that's what Satan wanted to do to Job. Now, that's why I said this is Job's own personal pandemic. Now, whatever you're going through in the midst of this pandemic, I guarantee you it ain't this bad. Amen. Amen? Uh, maybe you've lost a job. Some of y'all are working more than you've ever worked before during the pandemic. Depending on what kind of work you did. I know some people that are out of work. I know some people that are overworked. I know some people that they're actually making more money, uh, you know, stuck at home than they were when they were working. And, um, you know, so for some people, this is working out quite nicely. And then I know some people that are really going through it right now, that this is difficult. Businesses are closed. People have lost businesses. People are, are, are they don't know how they're going to recover from what's going on. Churches are going through it. I'm, I'm pastoring a church. Pastor Jeff here is pastoring a church. We ain't never pastored a church through a pandemic. All these new rules, all these people speaking into what we can and can't do. This is new. Up until now, you know, you, you, we pray about, God, what are we going to do? And when are we going to do it and how are we going to now? It's what are we going to do? What are the rules? We got we to gotta put, you know, sanitation stations. People got to wear masks and all kind of, this is, this is different. Never been here before. But I have to keep reminding myself that Jesus is Lord right now. Right? He's Lord over this thing. And, and this can't break us. This, in an hour like this, men like Pastor Jeff, men like my, men of God, we got we to gotta say, all right, God, we got to be the example right now. This is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is time. This is the time for us to, everything that we believe in, everything that we practice, this is showtime for everything that we believe in. Um, my favorite boxer of all time is Mike Tyson. And, um, and I, I used to love, I, I watched as a kid, my mom would let me watch, you know, she would order every Mike Tyson fight for me. That was my idol as a, as a young kid. I love, I love, I still love Mike, you know. Um, but I used to, you know, you could go watch all his, all the build up to his fight videos. And there's always a guy and there's always a guy that's going, I'm going to be the guy to beat him. And, and the guys are beating, their, they're punching bags and doing, you know, showing their, their work or whatever. And, and I would always watch this stuff and think, you know, it, it's, what you're doing to the bag, that's like practice, right? I want to see you do that to Mike, right? I'm not worried about, I'm not, I'm not impressed by how, how fast you're beating up the heavy bag and, and how fast you're beating up the little, do that when Mike is in your face, you know what I'm saying? Put that, put that glove on my boy Mike, you know, like, because that's when it counts, right? So for us, most of the time as believers, we're, we're living, people are watching us, we're worshiping, we're, we're loving the Lord. It's, it's been happy days and good times. But this right now, this is fight time. This is when people are watching saying, is it for real? Does he really know how to do this? Amen. Right? When they get into the ring, now it's like, hey, do you really, do you really, do you really know how to do this? You know, uh, a lot of guys can beat up a bag, but, but do you know how to fight in the ring with a person in your face? And so for you guys, there are family members that are watching. Ooh, I wonder how, how they're handling this. How, how the Christians in my life, how are they handling it? My neighbors, I'm, I'm careful. To, I'm talking to them. I want to share with my neighbors, this, I, my experience ought to be a little different. Um, I can't sound like everybody else. I can't be humdrumming, you know. Um, we got to be careful, right? right? This, is, this is game time for men of God right now. People are watching. Um, and not just because people are watching, God is watching. Do you really believe? Do you really trust the Lord? Because I got an opportunity to trust him right now beyond what I can see. And so again, what does Job do? And I, I love this. This is one of my favorite things in the whole Bible. It says in verse 20, 
After Job got all this bad news, Job 120, it says, Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell down to the ground, and he worshipped. Here's the cool thing. That word worship is the opposite of curse. Curse would be to, to speak you know, in a derogatory way against or about the Lord. Job worshipped. He worshipped the Lord. He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say anything negative about God, though all this had just befallen him. He said, naked I came, naked I shall return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it says, in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. So Job not knowing that Satan is like, I want him to curse God to his face. Satan was probably licking his chops. Like, I know he's going, oh, what is he going to say? What is he going to say right now? He's going to curse God. And Job just says, man, I tore his clothes. That's a sign of just great grief in that culture. And he worshiped. That is, that's powerful worship right here. This says, God, no matter what happens in my life, you're still worthy to be worshiped. On the worst day of the week, Lord, you're still worthy to be worshiped. On the, when I'm walking out of the office having lost my job, Lord, you're worthy to be worshiped. When I'm leaving the doctor's office with the worst news I've ever received, you are worthy to be worshiped. In every season, in every situation, the Lord is worthy to be worshiped. Amen? And so let's make sure, guys, no matter what's happening, no matter how bad the news is, whatever the, the, the latest thing is, whatever they've done against the church next, make sure that you got a worship on your lips. Because there's so many negative things happening that it's easy to just start, man, like, oh, man, they took this away. Oh, they said that now. And we sound like that. It's just like, you're a man of God, bro. Jesus is still on the throne, right? Get you a praise. Have you something to give thanks for. All that stuff might be true, but I'm going to heaven when I die. Jesus is ruling and reigning. All things are working together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Right. I mean, get you memorize you some verses that encourage your heart that you can after we deal with the reality. Yeah, this is what they said. This is the truth. This is what's happening. However, and have you some verses, have you some verses that point you back to the Lord? And maybe you got to point some other people back to the Lord. Maybe you got to point your household back up to the Lord. But we got to get our eyes on the Lord, fellas. Amen. And I'm talking to men because God has called men to lead the church and to lead the home. You guys got to lead the way. You can't be the crybaby. You can't be the one going home. Did you hear the news, babe? <laughs> you can't be that, right? You, it's just, it ain't but room for but one woman in the relationship. You got the man up, and you got to have a good word for the wife. You got to be able to point up where you can't be the one whining and whimpering. Amen? Say it like you mean it. All right. So, so back to my guy, Job, here. So Job, Job passes this test in flying colors. Amen? He does not curse God like Satan said he would. He blessed the Lord. And so Satan and God have another interaction. It said, now again, in, in chapter 2, verse 2, um, Satan had presented himself before the Lord again. And the Lord said to Satan, hey, where you come from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan again, he said this, have you considered my servant Job? That there's none like him on the earth, blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Look at this. And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. God, God throws Job in Satan's face. He says, Satan, where you been? Where you doing? Hey, 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 
I know you're going back and forth again. You're still looking. Have you considered my servant Job, though? Right? That, that even after all that you did, he still holds fast his integrity. Have you, did you see that? And God is saying, look, Job is shining for the Lord in front of the devil. He don't even know it. Job has no idea how his life is being used in the unseen realm, that he is glorifying God. Now, again, none of us wants Job's trials. Amen? Amen. But don't y'all want to glorify God? Wouldn't you want to be the guy that God can say, man, look at my guy, Job. Man, look at what he... I mean, I, I'm, as I'm reading this, I'm saying God's proud of Job. Y'all see that? God is proud of him. God is like, look at it. After all of that, he's still with me. He still holds fast his integrity. He is not falling away. Job ain't sitting off in the corner. Job didn't go get drunk after all this happened. He still holds fast his integrity, even though you tried to incite me against him. And, and, and God throws it in Satan's face. So now Satan does one more attack. Satan says, he answered the Lord, verse 4, chapter 2, he said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he'll give for his life, but stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. Satan says, God, you know what? Let's just cut to the chase. Satan says, I know people. I know how to really get a person. Never mind his stuff. Never mind them kids that died. Let me touch him. You mess with a person's health. Then they'll turn on you then. You touch their health, skin for skin. Let me, let me touch his flesh and his bone. He'll surely curse you to your face. Maybe someone's watching this. Maybe someone's here. You've had some bad health news, some negative diagnosis for you or a family member. Know that this, I mean, we're seeing this is, a, this is something Satan, this is a ploy of the enemy to get a man to turn against God. If, if I can mess with his health, oh, he'll, he'll blame you, God. He'll turn away from you messing with his health. Here's the thing with that, because I, I've actually seen this too. I've seen people that, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know why I was faithful. I was serving God. Then this happened to me and I got sick. And, and, and why would God? And why would God? And why would God? Here's the thing. You're going to die of something one day. Y'all know that? Unless you, unless you get to be part of the rapture, which I hope to be a part of. I got my rapture pose already. But other than that, I got to get to heaven one way or another. I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to die, when I'm going to die, but when I do, right, that's how we get to heaven. That's how we enter in. It may be through sickness for some of us. It may be through, you know, tragedy for some of us. It, who knows? It may be through old age for some of us. We don't know, but we all know we got a date with death. And if you get some kind of news that says, hey, your health is messed up, what you need to be able to do in that moment is be grateful that though your physical health is failing, that spiritually, you, you're, you, the most important thing you have, you need, you have in Jesus. Amen? Amen? It's not your physical life. This thing is, the Bible says your life is just a vapor. Right? It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. It's like striking a match. You strike it, it goes, and it, it goes down just as fast. It's over with. That's your life. And so it, 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 it comes, it springs up, it grows, it dies, it's over. But you're an eternal being. You're going to exist for eternity. And God has provided for you and I the opportunity for eternal life through Jesus Christ. Christ. I can't turn on the one that offers eternal life because of what's happening in my temporal life, right? Um, and so know that that's a trick of the enemy, that he'll mess with health to mess with your relationship with the Lord. And if, if, if you have bit that bait, then, then don't bite it anymore, right? Satan has been exposed in this. And so um, I got to speed up a little bit. Um, what Satan does to Job is he hits him with boils, says that Job, is, he has boils, which is open pus 
wounds and sores from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. That means that his entire body is full of these sores. Now, keep in mind the two things that Satan has spoken. Satan told God he's going to curse you to your face. And Job, I'm sorry, God told Satan he still holds fast his integrity. Now, Satan's messing with Job's marriage because Miss Job comes over. Um, and we don't get her name. We just, I call her Miss Job, right? We don't get, it doesn't tell her what her name is, but, uh, and I'm going to give her this. I'm, that she just lost all her money and all her kids. And, 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 and if somehow Satan got his words into her mouth to speak them to her husband. And so look at what she says in verse 10 of chapter two. It's on verse nine and 10. It says, uh, then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Now, where did we hear that last? God told Satan, he bragged to Satan that Job is still hold fast his integrity. Now, Miss Job is questioning that. Like, do you still hold fast your integrity? And this is what she says, curse God and die. That's terrible counsel, right? This is the closest person to him. There's, if you're a married man and you're doing it right, ain't nobody closer to you than your wife. Right? There's nobody closer to Job in this moment than his wife. No one that, that, that experiencing the grief and going through with them. And look at somehow the word of Satan got in her mouth. And I, I don't get again, whether it was through a moment of weakness, through her part or whatever. But she tells her husband, you still hold fast your integrity. Why don't you just curse God and then die? Which is, that has to be discouraging to, for your wife to say, just die. But before you do, curse God. Right? I mean, it'd be bad enough to just say, babe, just die. But why would you add, and before, on your way out of here, just curse God and then die. Then you can go. And so Job, being a man of God that he is, um, he, he puts his wife in check. He says, and it, this, this, I mean, this is how you put a wife in check. Now, the, wife, the women don't want to hear this, but this is good. Job said to her in verse 10, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? And it says, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Job said, woman, we're not going to curse God. We, 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 we've accepted a lot of good from God and now we're going to eat this adversity from God. But you speaking as one of the foolish women. Right now, you're talking like a non-believer. Right now, what you're saying is not wise. And he just, he just you know, he, 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 hey, Job is the priest of his home. He's pastoring his household. His wife has gotten in her emotions and Job said, no, 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 no. You sound like a non-believer right now. And he put her, he, 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 you know, lovingly, this is, I mean, he didn't, he didn't put his hand, he lovingly just set her in order. And so that's why you need to be men. We need to be leaders of our homes. We need to be able to point back to the Lord. Our wives are emotional creatures. And maybe they do come with their, oh my gosh, ah, you know, the sky is falling. And maybe they come in like that. You can't join her. Yes, it is. You know, like you got to be the one to say, stop, you know, like, and, and, and get some word in her, you know, speak the truth to her. You, you got to be able to do that. Bring the truth against the lies. Bring, 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 bring what God is saying against all the fearful stuff that's going on. And so um, Job is to me a great example in this, that he's standing in the midst of his adversity. Now, in the midst of this, I, I don't have time to read through it all. I'm going to just tell you some of the other things that happened. Job, Job has three friends, you know about them, and they're jerks, right? These guys, they were, they were his friends when he was healthy and doing good, and these guys show up. And they start to accuse Job, uh, you know, assuming that 
you must have done something wrong for God to do this to you. And they start accusing Job of some secret sin or something he had going on. Um, you know, to show up at the worst point of this dude's life, he's sitting in a pot shirt of ashes with pus sores all over. Miss Job is tripping and his three buddies come and they come and they just start saying dumb stuff, right? And Job just got to sit there and take it. And these guys are making accusations against him and so forth and so on. Uh, I would assume that, that would have been discouraging, just adding insult to injury. I mean, adding to the adversity that he was already dealing with. Then, and this is my favorite part of the book of Job, and I would encourage you guys if you've never read through the book to do so. You know, just 40-some verses of the book of Job. So the, the largest chunk of the book of Job is Job having an encounter with the living God. Y'all know that? That there's a big chunk of the book of Job where God is, is having an encounter with Job. Although Job already knew the Lord and was walking with the Lord, he's going to know God way better when this thing is over with. And Job has some moments where he stumbled and he, he questions God on some stuff and God sets him straight. You know, where were you when I flung the planets into orbit? Where were you when, I mean, God, God's going to minister some truths to Job that he's going to know the Lord even better when this is all done. But as we come to the, as you come to the end of the book, because again, the greater part of the book is this encounter that Job has with God. Then we come to the end and I want everybody to flip way back to chapter 40. And God, God has, God has, you know, he's heard Job out. He's getting ready to, you know, getting ready to speak some things to Job. And, and I love this in chapter 40, verse seven, God tells Job, now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you will answer me. I like to say that that's God telling Job, put on your big boy pants, right? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk some talk right now. And, and God asked him a bunch of rhetorical questions and things that, that just help Job to understand, you know, who God is, reminding him of who he was. And so he, again, he continues through this encounter with the Lord. God is speaking to him and then we come to chapter 42 and everything is getting ready to turn around. Um, but God does something. God deals with Job's friends. God tells Job's friends in chapter 42, verse seven, it says, and so it was after the Lord had finished speaking these words to Job, he said um, he, that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So God's issue with Job's friends is that they had not spoken truthfully about God to Job. They were saying, maybe God is doing this because God, God said, that's not what happened. You spoke wrong about me. We should be very careful about that, right? I, I see people in church, a lot of people love to start phrases off, what God told me to tell, be careful about saying what God told you to do. Because if you miss speaking on God's behalf, we see right here, God don't play that. Amen. If you're going to speak on God's behalf, you want to have a chapter and a verse or you want to be led by the spirit, you know, sincerely to speak what you're going to speak. And so God says, look, you have not spoken about me to, to Job, what is correct to my servant Job, uh, like he has. Verse eight, it says, now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls, seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering and my servant Job shall pray for you. I love this, right? God's still claiming Job. God's still calling Job. He's my servant Job. When I hear that, I just say, God, I want to be that. 
I want you to look at me and say, my servant, I want to be that guy that God can say, that's my guy. What's a guy that all of us would be men that God can say, man, that's my servant. That guy right there is my, he's my servant in that community. He's my servant in that city. He's my servant at that job. He's my servant on that block. May, may we be men that God would look at and say, that's my servant. Amen. What a, what a higher thing could we be guys? What, what's, what, what bigger deal could we be than that the God of heaven would look down at us and say, that's my servant. You might not be a big deal on earth to people, but, but, but you could be a big deal to God, right? Everybody here could be God's servant, right? There's no special class for it. There's, you know, it's not like you got to qualify. You got to go to the, you know, to the Navy SEAL servant training and stuff like that. You could be God's servant. Humble yourself and obey the Lord and you could be his servant. Amen? Every one of us. And so, God is still claiming them. So this is my servant, Job. I love that. And he, and he says, I want you guys go offer a, a sacrifice because y'all, y'all have sinned. And, and ask Job to pray for you. I'll hear him. And here's the cool thing, because how many guys think that you might be bitter with these three friends, right? I might be. But God says, I want you to go to Job and have him pray for you. And God knew that Job would do it. God said, I, I, you go have him pray for you. There's going to be something magical that happens. Um, as Job, instead of getting bitter with you guys, as he prays for you, everything is going to change. I'm going I'm to work in your life, but I'm going to work a work in Job's life. The turning point in all of this madness for Job was this. Um, it says, again, it says in, in verse 8, uh, he says, uh, offer this, go to my servant Job, he shall pray for you, for I will accept him. Least I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken to me what is right as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Timonite and Bildad the Shunite and Zophar the Nahamite went and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord had accepted Job. In verse 10, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. That's not an accident, right? The turning point, every, God says, look, this trial that you've been through, Job, is finally going to end. And it's going to end at the, mo the moment that you pray for these dork of friends that you had. The moment you just, instead of getting bitter, instead of wishing death on them, at the moment when you pray for them, I'm going to forgive them because I'm mad at them. But I'm, I'm going to flip everything around for you. And it's going to happen at that moment. Here's a lesson here, guys. A hard life and life's hardship can can make a man hard. And if, if there's in you, right, there's, if there's bitterness in you, here's something that can't happen at the same time. There, there can't be a flow of the spirit of God in the midst of a bitter heart. And so, and, and, and there, arguably, we would all look and say, I mean, we could understand why Job would be bitter. These guys have been bad friends at the worst moment of his life. This is like, I mean, Job, your kids have died. And your friends came and said, man, you must have did something bad for God to do this to you. Bro, my kids die. You hug me and shut up, right? Don't, don't offer me a reason. You don't, you, don't, you don't know that, right? Why would you say that to me? Not, it's my fault that my kids have died. That's what you're telling me. That's what they did to Job. Understandably, he could be bitter, but he's not because he loves God. And he didn't bite that bait either. And maybe people have done things to you and you can explain why you have a right to be bitter, but don't be bitter because bitterness will quench the work of the spirit in your life and you need it. Right? I need the spirit of God to move freely through my life. So I got to forgive people quickly. I got to let people off the hook. I got to walk away from trouble. I got to say, yeah, he did that to me, but whatever. 
Because I, I need God to move in my life. I need there to be a free flow of the spirit. I can't be jammed up because I'm mad at somebody and I won't let it go and I'm focusing on it. Because y'all know bitterness takes energy and it's the energy of the flesh. And it'll quench the work of God in your life like nothing else when you just are holding on to bitterness. If anybody here is holding on to bitterness, to, let today be the day in the name of Jesus, man. Let it go. Forgive them. Release them. Just commit them to the Lord, but don't hold them. Don't hold bitterness. It, it's killing you, not them. And so Job prayed for them, um, and then God restored everything else to him. And God did some things that I thought were really cool. He got 10 more kids out of the deal. Um, God, you know, he, he, all his riches were restored. Uh, verse 13 said he had seven sons and three daughters, so he had 10 kids again. So I'm assuming him and Miss Job made up, and they made 10 more kids. Um, he called the, he started naming the kids. Um, one part that I didn't think was a blessing, it said, um, in verse 15, it says, and no woman were found as beautiful as the daughters of Job. I don't know if that's a blessing, right? <laughs> I told the Lord, give me ugly and undeveloped daughters until they're marrying age. Cause I don't know if beautiful daughters are a blessing, but, but he got beautiful daughters, none as beautiful as his daughters, which, which might mean that his wife was good looking, right? So maybe that was a blessing. Here's the thing, verse 16, Job lived 100, 140 years, and he saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. Job died old and full of days. And what God gave Job at the end was an extra, extra, extra long life to enjoy his kids and grandkids. What's the glory of an old man? Grandkids. And God gave him kids and grandkids for four generations, let them live it up and enjoy it. Um, they come to Grandpa Job's house and ride the donkeys and the camels and just living the good life. God added to the end of his life. Here's the thing. What Job went through was horrendous, but he stood strong in the midst of adversity as an example to you and I. He glorified God rather than caving in and, and, and cursing God, which is what Satan was tempting him to do. Circumstances tempted him to curse God. He didn't do it. His wife tempted him to curse God. He didn't do it. His bad friends tempted him to be embittered. He didn't fall for that. He just stood with the Lord in the midst of all the adversity. And I got a few verses that I'd like you to just have them, write them down, and I'm gonna get ready to close. First Peter 5, 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. He's gonna perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Right. That, that whatever we're going through is temporary, guys. It's not forever. And but through it, God can be working in you to perfect you, establish you, strengthen you and settle you. James 511, James speaking about Job said, indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. The Lord saw Job through to the end of it. And God blessed him. God, God walked with Job all the way through and all the way out of the trial. Whatever we're going through, guys, God is walking with us. He walked us into it. He's walking with us through it, and he'll walk us right out of this thing. We got to be content to walk with the Lord through this thing. Amen? Eyes on Jesus. Noses in the book. And, and, and let the Lord lead us. He led us into it. He'll lead us through it. He'll show us what to do in the midst of it that we might be a witness for him um, in this unique time that we're living in. Lastly, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18, it says, Paul says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh 
for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Remembering this, we're not living for what we can see. We're living for the life to come. And so don't get wrapped up too heavily in all the stuff and the news channels and the bickering and the politics and the yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an eternal being. The spirit of the living God lives in you. And you're living for, our, this, this is not even our home, amen? We're passing through this place. We're, we got tents, not houses in this place. We're passing through. We're, we're citizens of another kingdom with another king. And so don't let the, the, the things happening in this temporary, be like being on vacation getting wrapped up in whatever the, the laws or the rules. We just passing through. This, this is what they do and they think in their world. I'm, I'm headed somewhere else. I'm trying to be a witness on my way. And if I could encourage you guys, again, we're, we're living through a, a time like none other. Never been here before, but we need to be a witness. And we need to be witnesses. Personally, we just need to live for the Lord. But for you guys that have wives and kids, you need to be witnessing your home. And we need men in the church to be standing strong. That, that, that in our communities and everybody that's listening to our, our council, that, that we're pointing people up, not pointing people down. Amen? Yes. And so, brothers, I hope you're encouraged this morning uh, to stand in the midst of adversity. Don't fall, but stand. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of Job. And we thank you that you wrote these things for us, uh, that we might uh, soak in this truth, that we might be encouraged by it. And I pray, God, for each guy that we would... Um, uh, we, we would stand our ground, God. We wouldn't fall into any of the traps that are been set for us. God, help us to speak your truth. Help us to live your, the truth that we know. Help us to be an example and a witness in the midst of everything that we see and are enduring. God, be glorified through our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, brothers.